Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire MGR network at, you guessed it, the MGR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. Podcasts are giving away for free 99. I'm technically on Blue Sky. I don't know how to, I don't use it enough, but dpalm66 there. I'm not changing the, 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 the preamble. It's been 250 episodes now. This is the 250th episode. That's stuck. I'm sorry. Um, because I'm an idiot and didn't foresee social media ever changing, I'm stuck with that preamble. And also, I'm doing that stupid thing I do every year. I'm doing podcast week again. That's right. Welcome to day one of podcast week. Five days, five podcasts, five different topics with five different guests. Very excited to be doing it uh, once again. I forget how many years in a row this is, but... It's something I think goes back to Dude You Crazy. It was just a way for me to scratch an itch and give myself deadlines and create stress that I don't need on my own for fun. Um, today, we're going to kick off podcast week with, I guess that is just plain fun. She is um, my much better half. She is y'all's favorite guest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Susan Palmer. Hi, Susan. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> that was quite the introduction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take it. Thank you. I'm glad you'll take it. Thank you for coming on today. I'm excited to have you on after going to a dream game and not just going to a dream game and having a great time, but going to a dream game and watching a win over the Washington Mystics. So fun, man. That has been one of the best things that we've done for ourselves in quite a long time. Buying the season tickets was a good call by, by me. You know, I, I bought them for you. So I'm the best as always. I'm going to say what I was going to say before she said that. I'm super thankful that you got me these for Christmas. It's one of the best things that we do, and I couldn't appreciate you enough. But because you decided to put yourself over as opposed to letting me put you over, I'm not going to say any of that stuff. I'm going to keep that inside and not share it with you or the audience. So there. It's been a wild WNBA season for as a Dream fan because there was a stretch where every game we went to, we lost. A long stretch. I started to be concerned that it was us. It <laughs> Because then we didn't go to a game because we had something going on and they won. And I was like, ooh. It's not a slap in the face, but it's totally a slap in the face. Uh, then Ryan Howard doesn't get picked for the All-Star game. Then she gets made an injury replacement. And they come out of the All-Star break on fire. They're, I think, fourth right now in the standings. And we've got a problem. Because the arrival of the next generation of Palmer is specifically coincides with the game that you and I kind of want to be the most at. It's where Brittany Grinder's coming to Atlanta. We get to watch the Phoenix Mercury play the Atlanta Dream, but it looks like we have to give away those tickets. It is indeed my duty. <laughs> and Lord willing, he will be here before that. But uh, I don't know that I'm, I'll be interested in waddling up and down those steps <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this month. I am full of baby. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited you're out here so I can do this in front of you. The bit I've been doing a lot is people ask me, how's the pregnancy? I go, I've just been standing there. I haven't really, um, hasn't really, like, I think I'm trying to be as supportive as possible. But, like, honestly, it's just, you've been an absolute champ through it all. So, pregnancy, uh, five stars. How many did you give it so far? <laughs> you know, I'm well aware that on the in the grand scheme of how pregnancies goes pregnancy goes this has been a pretty easy pregnancy right but uh it is it's not it's not easy period so um you know i give it four out of five stars i'd say four okay. out of five 
We're doing good. I'm also having a great day. So that that heavily weighs the four out of five. It's been a very good day today. It's been a very good day today. The only thing we didn't have today was the ability to watch the U.S. Women's National Team. You and I have caught their first two games of the group stage. They won their first game, took a draw in their second game. I've had a lot of people say things like, oh, they're down. They just don't look right. And I think you and I would both agree vibes are off, right? Yeah, the vibes the vibes feel a little off, I will say. that, But also the expectations are insane. So, you know. Whenever they're not just crushing anyone, like everyone that comes in their path, that's how everyone's going to feel. Well, like yesterday, Colombia knocked off uh, Germany, I think. Hmm. And they're now 2-0 in their group. And now it's like, oh, is this, yes, our vibes off? Or is this like the end point of the dream team thing where we send the best in the world and eventually the world's like, I don't want autographs. I want to kick your teeth in. Like, I really, the world's kind of woke like. One of the big winners when soccer tried to come to America the first time, it couldn't dip boys' sports, but girls' sports were like, oh, word? You got something for the women to do? And so any investment that would have been for other sports for women went into women's soccer. And so we've seen the fruit of that with just this utter, unbridled domination on the world stage. And yes, vibes are off. It just appears that it's a team that's figuring out how to gel together on the road. And the fact that they can draw it or be up free nil doing that is cool. The well, fact that they look so number. good in that second half against the Netherlands, that's cool. Yeah. There's also a high number of very young players who mm-hmm. this is their first time. I mean, that obviously it happens every four years, so that <laughs> makes sense. But, uh, yeah, it's a insanely intense stage. So And it's almost a transitional period, like you said. You've got the ends. You're seeing the backs of your Alex Morgans. Um, and so yeah. maybe this is just a, a time when the generation, I don't know. I, I hate sounding pessimistic because there's still the U S women's yeah. national team. And part of, part of the problem is me being like, Oh, they they can't lose. They're them. Yeah. Like I'm very aware that I'm part of the problem of all of this, but they set the bar though. It's their fault really. Yeah. And there's no one who's watching the play right now. who doesn't feel that way like that. This is, this is what, when you're this good. Um, right. This is what happened. So I'm really excited for uh, Georgia football this year. So let's just say that. <laughs> we'll get to that, I promise. <laughs> what do we do Tuesday? Portugal, U.S., 3 a.m., last group stage match. What do you mean, what do we do? We Are we, okay, we're not going <laughs> to lie to ourselves and be like, let's try to wake up for it. No. Okay. We have jobs. Huh? We have jobs and I'm tired. So very fair. I, was, I wanted to at least. We'll read about it in the morning. I'm very excited to read about a very concise recap of it. Yes. We win by a bunch. Yeah, maybe we'll get lucky and have some insomnia, and you know, we'll catch an update on Twitter at you know 4:30 a.m. But that's the extent <laughs> of my uh, what I'll sign up for. <laughs> that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, we took a little summer break on the podcast. Everyone takes summer break. It's nice to see kind of people show their weirdness. You get the beast bracket over at Jenkins and Jones, which it hasn't become a debate in our house, but I think it could have. Thoroughly enjoying the beast bracket. There's a new episode coming up. I can't wait to listen. Can't wait. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to see about it. But one of the things that also has happened this summer has been like mass layoffs at ESPN. Like, they let go of names and faces that, like, you know, like Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Susie Colbert, David Pollock. They've all been cut. They've been revealed Bomani didn't have his uh, 
contract renewed through ESPN. It's very weird right now in the world of sports media because they, at the same time when they're cutting all these people, Pat McAfee has been doing like the solo thing for a while, just got brought in with, a, I think it's almost a billion dollar deal. So it comes almost like we're not going to build talent, but we will buy talent once it's built its own base, which is yeah. kind of terrifying. We'll, we'll cut some talent. Certain talent. <laughs> we'll cut certain, very good. Certain talent. Good point. And I think it's weird because, like, especially in the atmosphere where there's, like, a pro-worker slant for however long it lasts, with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA both striking, it's a really weird time to watch these same companies who say they can't pay people make these decisions on a large scale. Yes, we can't pay people. <laughs> okay. Can't is strong. We would oh. we prefer not to pay people. Correct. Yes, we prefer not to take any losses uh, at our own expense in order to pay people slightly more. <laughs> it's so funny to me because like you watch this and you watch kind of the public acceptance, not acceptance, but like by and large the public's like, yeah, pay the writers, pay the actors, and that's just going to get louder and louder as content as the content all dries up. Yeah. Like, they're talking about pushing the Marvels out because none of the actors will do press. Yeah. And, like, it, and like oh, like, this investment thing. That, and so they're losing money by the second, but their entire stance is, we'll just bleed them till they're dead. And the world's kind of mad about that. But the second you threaten a football game <laughs> with, like, hey, man, maybe we should have health care in perpetuity, or maybe I want a guaranteed contract, like, the fan turns on the athletes so fast. Yes. Well, fans feel like they deserve. They're owed something. It's so weird to me because, like, just watching the solidarity across this country, a nation that has focused on and achieved the goal of union breaking over the last 50 years, for everyone to be like, yeah, we stand with the actors and people who, are, who aren't on that side are getting, like, publicly excoriated. But because the window for for financial windfall is so much smaller in athletics, the union jobs are always it's always looked at differently. It's always approached differently by the union because yeah, I would love to say let's sit out until we get what we want, but if you've got two and a half years maybe on those knees, you can't spend a year not getting paid. It's not yeah. it doesn't I've only got this so much time to make this money. Time is money. Absolutely. And meanwhile, the world's telling you how greedy you are for not wanting to get CTE for free. Dude, I can't. <laughs> I can't. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, I've been on this podcast. I was not, I grew up watching baseball because my dad was a Braves fan, and that is about it. Growing up in middle Georgia, I was like, ooh, sports are gross, mostly because of sports fans. <laughs> so, like, you know, you clearly – um, and the listeners have a very different perspective on sports, very pro player. Um, and that has changed my perspective. You know, it's ugh, fans are toxic. They don't care. They really don't. Um, so I got to ask you in the time where there was no podcast, Elon Musk destroyed Twitter mm. and Mark Zuckerberg released threads, bragged about how well threads was doing and then threads died. Who's having a worse summer? <laughs> uh, they'll be fine. They're rich. I don't know. <laughs> the is true. They will be rich and get the correct answer is see the planet Earth. 
The timber uh, whoever lives across from the, the Twitter building is having a worse summer. <laughs> the X building. One? The X building, mind you. It's, yeah. not, the, it's not the Twitter building. Yeah. I loved that weekend where we thought they were going to fight. Yeah. Like, Very yeah, funny. it's stupid, and yeah, it's wrong, and yeah, it is short-sighted for me. Like, I want to see rich people hit each other in the face, but man... Do I yeah, want to see idiots hit people with each other? They won't let me hit them. Someone's got to hit them. <laughs> they need to be. That's what got us here. No, they stopped bullying. They got rid of bullying, and like not an ounce of humility was pounded in either one of these geeks. And this is why we're here now. <laughs> to be clear, though, you're not pro bullying. Let you say that. Maybe I, these guys. I'm not anti-bullying. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say I'm like my father never let me win in dominoes. I'm good at dominoes now. That was bullying. Uh, bullying I, works. I'm, I'm very uh, highly aware of that level of bullying. <laughs> the former resident of That's just lesson learning, skill building. Look, Chris Rock has never mentioned Jada Pinkett since. Bullying works. True story. True story. Go look at a map a hundred years ago. Violence changes things. Mm. So, like, I'm not willing to say all bullying is bad because Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk were talking about fighting and people were, I swear to God, excited about it until Elon Musk's mommy said he couldn't do it. Maybe bullying is the wrong word then. Putting dummies All I'm it. saying, look. I think it's very cool that in your 30s or 40s, you found a physical outlet that made you let you stay in shape and let you feel physically dominant over people. You started wrestling at 40, you moron. As someone who wrestled for too long, let me tell you this. If you had talent at it, someone would have found you before now. Wait, who was this? You were in high school. Yeah, they're both taking like MMA classes. Oh, my God. Get a life. Come on. When you were in high school, there were people who made money based on the outcome of children's athletics. If yeah. they couldn't find a way to squeeze a dollar out of your talent, then you haven't gotten more talented. You just got fewer people around you to tell you no. Yes. That's all that's changed. Well, that's the problem for both of them in general. Let's be clear. Ugh. I wouldn't want to be trapped in the cage match with those guys. And it looks like Shohei Otani is going to finish the rest of the season trapped as an angel. So, Susan, I, you and I, we're not huge baseball fans, but the one thing that has captured our collective imagination is this 12-foot-tall Japanese man who's crushed all the records, who is the best baseball player anyone's ever seen on the mound, at the plate. He's leading the league in homers. I could list the things he's leading the league at. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is they decided the Angels did. Were they going to try to trade away Shohei Otani before the tr trade deadline on Monday? That way they could get a bunch of assets back. Or are they going to ride it out with the knowledge that he's probably going to leave in free agency because, oh, my God, free Shohei Otani. Now, they decided to keep him. They decided to say, hey, we're going to try to make the playoffs with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, who I could not pick out of a lineup, and just say we hope he stays. I don't care if he stays or leaves. I just want Shohei Otani to be playing in a, a time zone that I can see more readily. This West Coast Shohei is not working for your boy. I don't like it. <laughs> it's fun, to say the very least. Um, 
He's very handsome. That's all. That's all that I have to say about Shoya. That's all I have. That's all I got. That was that. Thank you. It's very funny because like. I know you listen to ESPN the Daily, and I know that they've done stories on Shohei Otani. I know you yeah, have opinions, but all you're giving me is he's a very pretty man. I mean, you already said all the the sports <laughs> stuff. You know, you're here for the sports stuff. I'm here for the commentary, and that's the only thing that you left out. I would say you did a great job. Thank you. Zero Very notes, cool. huh? Yep, zero notes this time. This time, I appreciate you. Um. I think we have another problem coming up on the horizon with the impending arrival of Palmer's son. We're going to have to go to that ballpark up in Cobb County. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. Because I've been. You haven't been. He's not going to play football. So if we're going to push him to sport, it's going to be baseball. And the Braves. Minor league. The Braves are great. The Braves are great. To get out of that stadium. It's a goddamn nightmare. See, I don't want to go on, on principle, and you don't want to go because you've done, done it once, and it's a hellhole. I've done it twice for work events, and I hate it. It's the worst people in America, drunk out of their minds. Uh, you can't tailgate. I can't take Marta there. I can't, like, man, I used to ride it in the back of a pickup truck, drinking beers to go to Braves games because it was the best when it was downtown. Tickets were cheap. They're still cheap. But getting an Uber from that place is hell. I'm too old. I'm too old for the inconvenience. Well, Chad Floyd uh, is on podcast weekday too, tomorrow talking uh, Bulldogs. When he and I worked together in Midtown, we would take, we would like, leave, you, I, right when we started dating, oh my God, I was still living with Chad. We would take, uh, we would like decide that we're done working. We'd get on Marta, we'd ride down to the park, we'd pay for the $2 tickets, and we'd yep. tip uh uh stewards until we were at field level yeah yeah we uh my roommate and i at the time we would either like go with people who had a pickup truck from little five points where we lived or we would uh bring like you know a six pack of tall boys in a Kroger bag on marta and go sit in front of the hank aaron statue outside of the stadium and drink those and then go inside for nothing Listener, we are garbage people. We're having a child. Like you can do it too. You, I believe <laughs> you in you. you. You can do it too. Um, we just that. Listen, I was. I don't. We were. We were in our twenties. Like, oh no, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm just kidding. Like, we were in our twenties. We were having an. We were having an age-appropriate, fantastic time in the summer in Atlanta. And to be fair, until about nine months ago, we were also still having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> not, we weren't taking Marta to Braves game, say that no. much. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Not my Braves. Look, Sorry, y'all. Look, I, I recognize all that, but I also realize that I'm going to have to, some of my hard stances are going to have to soften because of this kid. Mm, I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> y'all have fun. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, I'm not going to talk about the next topic. I decided I'm not going to with you. Uh, why not? Now I'm interested. Okay. Um, oh. So on Tuesday morning, a tweet went out that LeBron James's son had collapsed on the court the day before mm-hmm. with cardiac arrest and that he was now fine. There's lots of levels of the story. I want to start with this one. Can you imagine? Like, he's not playing in Chapel Hill. He's not playing at fucking in Kansas. He's in 
at USC in downtown LA with all that media and all that press and no one said a fucking word until the family said, okay, here's what we're saying. Like in 2023, a level of that also a level of respect for the people involved, but also it underlines the seriousness of the situation. Yeah. The power of that. Also, oh my god, the power, the sheer power of the James family. I mean, but I mean, that's how it should be. It's not, that's not like fodder. That's it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big it guy. shouldn't be fodder, it's totally fodder. It, sh- it is, but it should not be. Yes, very fair. Um, so I want that's a, an aspect that I think just needs to get highlighted there, and then like people saying. Oh, you think he's gonna play again? I'm like, I don't know if his father like. Who cares? Yes, but like, if his father hung up his shoes right now, I'd be, I'd be like, I get it. This thing almost killed my son. I get it. And so I'm sure LeBron James is mentally tougher than I am, and he's got more on the line than I would in my hypothetical fake basketball life. But. <laughs> All it's never too late to start all, a career. All my you know? shit is fake and easy. These are easy things for me to say. It's not real. You could, uh, you know, start training now, babe. If, if there was one thing, I would, it's, it's, it'd be pro wrestling, and we we just hit the road okay. as a family. You'd be a oh, seamstress. Yeah. The kid would yes, be selling T-shirts out front. We'd get it done. My God. Brother, 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 making towns. Making I'm towns. Fringe, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> I'd quit my job tomorrow. Hope my boss. Oh, don't joke like that. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, <laughs> who might be the most interesting thing to ever happen to San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the fact that one, can you like your your grandmother, whom I love, is a francophile. You've been yes. to to Grand Paris. Can you imagine living in Paris as a professional athlete and then being told you're coming to San Antonio? <laughs> No. <laughs> the height of culture is the river walk. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Which, same for those who don't know, it's a bridge. Um, Susan, like, why? Like, is this, is, I get this is like, we've created the NBA is the greatest thing ever. And yeah, the, the draft is really weird because he's going to pick where he wants to live. And we really claim it in a capitalist society. <laughs> San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, culture shock to say the least. Uh, and then we got the crossover into your world at Summer League when Britney Spears tried to get a picture with him. Oh my God. <laughs> so strange. What a time For to those of you who don't remember this, because time is a flat circle these days, like a few weeks ago, Britney mm-hmm. Wimbledon was walking into a restaurant in Las Vegas during Summer League. Britney Spears saw him, ran up on him, grabbed him behind. The security guard being paid. By the Spurs. I think that's very important to note because a lot of people are like, this Victor, Victor Spurs security guard. No, player. That is the team security around him. Removed Miss Spears' arm in an aggressive manner, causing her to top backwards. One, let's just cover this part here. Objectively funny video. Objectively <laughs> funny. Is a video? Maybe I saw stills. The story's funny. Objectively. All of it's funny. But Vic... I guess this is why San, it's not going to happen in San Antonio. There's no one famous in San Antonio. No, no. 
everyone famous he works with in San Antonio, Texas. Yes, he's the most famous person in San Antonio, Texas. Which is different from being the most famous person in Paris. Correct. <laughs> that's so stupid <laughs> to me. Sorry, I just think that's the dumbest story in the world. It's the funniest thing. Um, you brought this up earlier, but I, I brought this up a chat for tomorrow's podcast. Spoilers, this is recorded out of order. Um, but I don't know <laughs> what we're, I don't know what we're gonna do, because like our son's first football season could be the third of three straight national titles. Mm. Like that's a very real concern of mine, because part of my identity, nay, personality. I would say is expecting things to go wrong at all times because of my life as a Georgia fan. And I've turned into a spoiled dickhead over the last two years, of course, because unprecedented winning. But Let's I don't have a son... that you are only that way with Georgia football. You are not that way with any other aspect of your life, of our lives. You are an optimistic, sunny side. It's so asshole, to be honest. But, but you've seen it for the I last 11 years. Do. Georgia football, how I am not that. I know you're not. I, I'm aware. Thank you <laughs> for doing that. You're so brave. You're so big of you, Thank you. my dear. Last year, we were coming off the national title win, and the first game of the year, I told Susan, I said before the season, I don't care. You know, we won national title. None of this can hurt me. And something went wrong in the first quarter, and I was so mad. And Susan mm-hmm. was like, here we go again. Like, nothing you said was true. Like, you're neurotic and horrific as a person. And mm-hmm. the schedule's easy, and the team's better than last year. And we're having a, a baby who's going to be able to watch a third national title. All of this should be exciting for me. It's all horrifying. I'm I'm more nervous about the Georgia season than I am about the kid. Um, <laughs> I'm sure the, the baby's also very nervous about, you know. He should be. Because he should. if he walks into a history of winning, oh, he could be insufferable. He could be worse than me. Oh, man, for my sake. It's fine. What if he's an optimistic Georgia fan? I didn't know that could exist. What if he's not a Georgia fan? That's fine. He just can't be a Florida fan. Can't be a Cowboys fan. Oh, there are teams he can't support. If he comes home as a Saints fan, he's homeless. If he comes home as a Saints fan, he's homeless. It's cheaper to raise a child. You don't have to raise. Sounds good. Who's not allowed in my home? It's much cheaper to raise him. Um... (laughs) I think the Saints and the and, and the Gators are the two that are really like hard stops. Yeah. Oh, I there's nothing in baseball I care about enough. I do what you want. Hockey, I guess you can't be an Avalanche fan, but why would you be an Avalanche fan? I feel like this is a, a good like study on what men worry about with children. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. I, I did. Like, I did. I started. I this never considered the, the idea that he wouldn't be a Georgia fan. That had never entered my mind. So you saying that was a whole. I was like, wait a second. That's a. Why is that an option? What's happening? You're right. I, I brought this on myself, but I'm just, no, it's fine. You asked the question. Now I'm in this hole, and uh, it was a trap. It and it's worked beautifully. Um. So one of the things that we talk about in the College Football Podcast is this new NIL legislation they're trying to pass, and it's by two of the worst people alive, so it's not going to pass. But we're seeing NIL, like, so those who don't know, name, image, and likeness was kind of the legislation passed that allowed football players and athletes in college to monetize 
who they were. So before this pass, if I as a college football player came back to my high school and put on a camp based on the fact that I had more knowledge as a college football player, I could not profit directly from that camp because I'm using my name, image, and likeness to do so. Now they've allowed us to do that. They've allowed athletes to do that. You got guys signing with uh, like chicken chains. I think uh, Bo Nix is raising canes. Like it's stuff like that. It's, it's nominal money. It's a smokescreen to avoid actually paying the labor of this large scale machine that is college athletics. But a lot of that's built on promises and like hopes and dreams and shit. There's an article in the Miami Herald today about John Ruiz. Who's John Ruiz? Glad you asked. Um, he owns a company called Life Wallet that has overstated their valuations um, like to the point where the quote from one of the lawyers for the government says the red flags have red flags. Yeah. And it's that's before you get to the fact that he also his family also gave over $17,000 to George Santos. That's right. That George Santos. Trash people. And so essentially some of this money's coming up short. We saw what happened earlier this year. Florida was going to land this big recruit. They say they're going to give him some money. The money came up short. Their pockets weren't long enough. The recruit decided to go somewhere else. Like it's a very embarrassing thing to get to a cash register and not be able to afford what you're buying. But this is like money owed. It's uh, it's bad. And so the circumnavigation of all of this is an attempt to avoid paying the actual labor, paying the people who actually do these things. And I bring this up now in the, the shadow of the WGA and the, and the SAG after strike to talk about the Northwestern football hazing scandal. Did you Have, have you heard any of the ESPN dailies about this one? I have. Okay, cool. so I'll give the, the quick and dirty for the listener. Listener, there's a f- school in Evanston, Illinois, that's bad at football. They <laughs> pride themselves on being upstanding citizens and high graduation rates and the things you have to pride yourself on when you're bad at football. Their coach, Pat Fitzgerald, is one of the winningest players ever to play there. He's the winningest coach ever coached there. And in July, news broke from the Daily Northwestern a student-run newspaper that not only had an investigation going on for over eight months into the hazing and culture of Northwestern football, but that the president had decided to levy a two-week suspension against Pat Fitzgerald. This is one of those stories, Susan, that generally happens and then goes away. You got a two-week rip. It wasn't even two weeks during the season. It was two weeks during the summer dead period. Unpaid vacation, if you will. But... The Daily Northwestern gets a hold of the player who was quoted, who started the investigation. They corroborate him with other sources, like a real newspaper should and would. And within a weekend, the president is saying, we need to reevaluate. And by the next Tuesday, Pat Fitzgerald doesn't have a job anymore. The details are out there. They're sorted. But it's expanded because now things are being unraveled at other teams on that campus. And it's so wild to me, one, that journalism still exists that it can be done this way, but two, it's a statement on how much we've ravaged local news that the only way this even got caught was some kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and what, the coach was young, too. He was, like, 48? Yeah. So he and had, like, probably decades of coaching ahead of him at, at the school. 
Because oh, he he's going to coach again. He won't coach there, but he'll be back. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, this is not enough to no. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald will coach again. Gross. Oh. <laughs> Especially when you hear the details and like how long it's gone on. You had players coming out and saying, Oh, I've been in therapy for years for the way I was treated in that locker room. Like it's it's insane to me. And it's yeah. really strange and, and it's doesn't even win. Like what? <laughs> right? Like if it's like some proof is in the pudding type shit, like maybe, but like y'all couldn't even win. Mm-hmm. You're doing these horrific things like horrific things like the things that are accounted for are like beyond the pale like that's not no yeah hazing doesn't go far enough it's not that's not hazing yep it's abuse i was never (sighs) hazing like hazing is taping a kid to a goalpost we did that in high school. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for a few minutes. You cut the kid loose. You're done. Not a big deal. It's, I mean, is it a good idea? No. But it's a far cry from the 2023 version. Yeah. And you're seeing this more and more with like student newspapers at Stanford. The, the 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 head of Stanford stepped down because a bunch of kids are like, "Hey, your science articles aren't right and they're improperly sourced." What? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm and not like, <laughs> there's a larger yes. conversation to be had about like how the lies about pivoting the video gutted all these newsrooms, newsrooms, and allowed the proliferation of fake information to cripple this country. But I mean, that's encouraging that students are. But that's the future, you know. Is it? Because eventually someone's going to say to them, hey, man, come work for me. Oh, but you can't report on X, Y, and Z because uh, you work for me. Uh, but now I've got the credit and the credibility of your name and your image and your likeness <laughs> without actually allowing you to be who you are. Full circle. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, We have fun here. We have fun. <laughs> that was like, and I guess like NFL training camp has started – I've, it's been easier on me from an L perspective because I just watch good games now. I'm out on the Falcons. I'm off the narcotic. They chased a rapist with no backup plan, and I was out. And so now I just watch fun football games. So, like, I'm excited for the NFL season. You're going to hear the NFL preview on, I think, it's Thursday with Nada. Uh, we had a, a lot of fun doing it. We talked about a lot of different things around the league. As we were recording, Joe Burr hurt his calf. It was very yeah. strange. It was like, oh, uh, let's get out of here because Joe Burton turned his cap and they're going to have to owe him a bunch of money. And it's so funny when we talk about NFL bunch of money because the NBA bunch of money is so much more. It's it's like NBA a little bit of money is so much more. It's ridiculous. Oh, and it's so much more violent to play football. Yes, sinless. <sighs> Man. Well, I think that's about it. I, I've, I want to say this. Going to, to the Dream Games with you and watching you fall in love with basketball in this way, like an up-close version of it, has been so much fun this season. I love it. I love it. I'm wearing a Ryan Howard t-shirt right now as we record. <laughs> is, it, is it because, like, seeing it in person allows you to visualize, like, the cutting and the physicality more, or is it just... It does. I mean, that's part of it. Um, it's also just the energy of... Live arena. Yeah, and also, and then it's a, it's women. 
women. Yeah. Like I keep, you know, making comments to you about uh, it's like I follow WNBA on Instagram and they, you know, they post all the fits, like everybody coming into the games um, and pictures of the players and just like watching these women like cart their children in. Like, <laughs> like I keep joking with people that I can't wait to like do a cartwheel. And these women are like <laughs> playing basketball after creating human life. It's just, it's wild. And they're, I don't know, it's really fun to watch. I'm learning a lot about basketball, um, but the energy, uh, you know, it's, it's so Atlanta. It is such an Atlanta. It's very, it's, there's, there's a fourth it's, quarter swag surf every game. So fun. And when we, like when we watched uh, them play other teams uh, out of state on TV, like it's not the same. Like no. the energy of that, of those crowds is not the same. I love Atlanta. Not at all. What can not I say? at all. Well, Susan, thank you for helping me and joining me in kicking off podcast week. This is fun. Of course. Thanks for having me. We're going to have a, some, some downtime soon. Maybe uh, not downtime, but just changing of the guard type time. Uh, yeah. Learning how to live in this new reality. So maybe we'll have you back on to uh, discuss that if we can catch 15 minutes of a sleeping baby. Sounds good to me. Well, thank you, you very much for coming on. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been the unofficial official start of podcast week. Day two, you're going to have college football talk with myself and Chad Floyd. Day three, NBA offseason talk with myself and Justin Jones. Day four is my me and Nata talking in L season preview. And day five is going to be your officially unofficial SummerSlam preview with a very special guest who I haven't booked yet. So, that was your show. There is no outro. See you guys tomorrow.